on my style. The audio you're about to listen to was recorded during the London Runway Virtual Festival 2022, sponsored by House of Icons. Head to our Instagram, at London Runway Mag, to watch the matching videos in full if you prefer.
I've been investing a lot in menswear. I've been really gaining this passion for it, and that's where I find myself very comfortable, knowing that I have, I have challenges to ex and I have um, an obstacle to really to really go past. Um, whereas women's wear, I always think because I wear women's wear and I've been always in detail with women's wear, it's such an easy way to to say, oh no, I know what I'm doing, oh no, it's fine, we can, we can, we can skip this bit. It's okay, I know the clientele will not wear it. <laughs> Whereas with men's wear, it's just, I will never know until I actually speak to a man, I actually communicate with a man. And I think it's, it's where I found myself to be quite like challenged and comfortable, whereas I can really understand who my audience is and what they like, what they don't like. That's so interesting. So menswear, I think, often gets a bit of a bad rep as being sort of just boring, you know, suits and nothing else. That's true. I mean, I would probably say, I think there's a charm to it. I think it just need, it just depends on the way you really see it, mm. um, personally, because, I mean, throughout the years, it has always been quite plain and you do get prints um, time to time. However, it just depends on the way that you really um, that you really see the, your, your perspective, your point of view, and where you're coming from as well. Because um, most of the times, for me personally, the research matters mm -hmm. um, so much to the point that it can actually it, it tells a story. It will decide the colors. Um, and I'm very organic in terms of the way I work, so I don't really run to but to find people. If I bump into someone or if I see someone on the street and I think it could be or might not be, either I question myself or either I go and talk to the person. I think that's how it just goes that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it has been this kind of understanding of menswear being very like straightforward, either you wear black or navy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Um, what do you think about, um, so you're kind of just entering the sort of professional side of the industry now after graduating. Um, one of the topics that we wanted to talk about during this event is diversity. Have you seen, I guess, a good level of diversity or do you feel that there is a lot more to be done in the fashion industry? Personally, I think there's still quite a lot to mm -hmm. be done. Only, I mean, I've been studying a lot um, intersectionality and the, the system, the infrastructure that we are in, especially in the educational system yes. um, and how it really progress. And um, one of the major factors is that there is privilege. Yes. Um, and when I mean privilege, it's, like it, it's just I have privilege as well. So it's really hard to be able to um, say that there is diversity when we all, at some point in our lives, will gain privilege. Yes. Um, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done, only because the youths are growing, and I think this everything is just we live in a technology world where it's, everyone is so virtual. Um, people don't put their hands on, um, and I think they also require so much of experience right now or at least this engagement that you want to be able to give to the person when you show up for an interview, yeah. that it gets harder. I think you have to put the double of the work in, in or really be
be able to communicate so well what you're looking for and what you want yeah. to the person to give you that opportunity. Um, but I think it's still quite a lot of work because there is people that might not be able to know how to do it. Right. And that's where it, it, that's where the lack comes and that's how it, it, it gets worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I think it's, it's that privilege that there is there, but at the same time, it's just hard to be able to manoeuvre it and not really bump into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, so access is definitely an issue. And access is definitely an issue. What do you think maybe, because it does come from education as well, what do you think maybe universities could be doing to help provide more access? Um, personally, I think, I think the students need to be prepared, like extremely mm -hmm. prepared. prepared yeah, and when I mean not just from the second year, you need to they need to start being prepared from year one. Mm. This this is because I think those that have more experience at the moment, as in the intern probably on their year one, intern on year two yeah. and maybe did something on um, throughout the their last final year, they have more chances to get a job or more chances to actually be seen yes. whereas um, if you leave it up to second year and suddenly you struggle to find an internship it gets worse because you're going to end up finishing graduating it without that name on the CV mm -hmm. to be honest and that's where it starts getting it's lacking because no one will actually give you the opportunity because they don't see the experience so I think from the beginning, I think students need to be on there, really like doing their CV, making sure cover letter is right, and applying because yeah. it's going to get worse. That's the that's the, the problem. Yeah. And also, when you graduate, you really expect to be paid at some level. You expect yeah. to people to treat you at some at, at a certain standard, and it might not happen due to those two years that yes. you didn't put the effort, but I think it's just lectures that really need to push students to do that because yeah. it matters, honestly. I'm interested as well, so in the last few years things have kind of changed around because before it used to be that there were way too many people looking for jobs. Now we're starting to go a little bit the other way, there's too many jobs that you're filling in a lot of people. Have you experienced that kind of thing or is it still a tough market out there? Um, I, I can say that I'm really lucky in that way because I've been having an interviews a lot yeah. um, I mean I'm I have a job secure to be honest so but I I, I mean I, I can speak for like my friends for example yeah. I've been having my friends to make to change make changes in their CVs because they are struggling yeah so I really don't understand if they want a lot of experience or if they want less experience but I just think mm -hmm. they are since that they being too specific for what they're looking for, I think completely forgot that we went through COVID. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it must have changed your whole experience. Exactly, exactly. So they forgot that we went through COVID, that we didn't work somewhere, yeah. and they still have a very high standard of still expecting us to be able to have this, this, this on your CV or making sure that you have experience. Whereas if it's a low entry job, it should be low entry job. I mean, it right. just, it's right there written. Yes. And I think they should be able to give that opportunity because we all want to learn. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I think it's just a matter of opening the doors and letting it. And actually, moving on from that, um, we're starting to see, or we have been seeing for years now, um, a problem with tokenism, which is when you might have a campaign that has, you know, a few diverse models in it, but behind the scenes, it's still, you know, the white male CEO and executives and nothing else has changed. But what do you think we can do to kind of encourage, it's, if it's two directions, first of all, for people to actually go for those positions, because I think even as a white woman, there's a kind of, oh, I don't think that they accept to be there kind of thing. Um, and then from the other side, we have to encourage these companies to start making those hires. How can we even begin to do that? <laughs> How? Ah, that's, that's, that's a mission. That's a very tough. Right. Um, personally, I think from my point of view right now, currently, and from the events that happened throughout the last two to three years, what I've seen is that um, I would say the black community is now creating a community where it gets harder for them to be able to come out of this community and expose themselves to a community that sometimes gives no opportunity at all. Yes. And it gets to a point that you have to work two times more or you have to walk into this room for an interview feeling extremely positive mm -hmm. but it might not end up going so well and you might not get the job and I think it, it's just it's really to do with where you go in as well as the opportunity that you're looking for and who's that person sitting now because one thing that I've learned when we're studying my intersectionality is that everyone goes through different phases in the la in their life mm. and so you might walk into this room and you might represent something else to, that to this person yes. um, and therefore they'll treat you that way right so i think it really it begins with us honestly i think it begins with us like if this ceo really wants to improve then they will they will know yes. what to do they yeah. will know what to do because they in themselves they will know that I don't have enough um, black minority people in this company mm. so when I look at the CV just make sure you're taking a specific category right. yeah. because we'll make it easier um, as well as really like getting to know the person yes. personally yeah absolutely not right. just a, a boss but exactly. a person that has talents and skills exactly because you might they might not have a specific skill in that moment, but they are wanting to improve, they are wanting to grow. Whereas exactly. someone that comes in and knows what they're doing, they will turn around after a week and they were like, oh, I know what I'm doing, I don't need help. Yes. And they want to become very independent, whereas the company doesn't want you to be independent. Right. Sometimes they want to hold you still. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but I think it begins with them, honestly. I think whoever really wants to open the doors, um, whoever really wants to open the doors to um, a diversity range of stuff, I think it needs to start with themselves and really seeing why it isn't there. Yeah. Uh, that people in there really understand. Let's talk about something more fun now, because <laughs> this has been very heavy. Uh, what are your kind of dreams and goals for yourself? Um, definitely um, my brand. I definitely want to take that kind of stability 
mm. and I really wanted to get my studio sorted, everything like running in a way. Yes. Um, since I graduated, I had so many people question me, oh, when is the website opening? <laughs> when do we have the trousers? When do we have the, the shirts? And I came to a conclusion that it does not work like that. <laughs> um, you need, I personally, I think I don't want to do things on my own. I think we all have skills. I think we all should share our skills. We shouldn't be fighting to do um, to build a wardrobe when I'm not a builder. That's right. that's, I'm not a seller. I think that we all should actually um, embrace what we can actually do. Yes. So I really want to save to be able to get a team and work together and all of us aiming for that goal. Because in that way, it isn't just one head, it will be two heads, three heads. Um, but I definitely want to get um, have my siblings out there um, because I think there's a lot to explore to be honest um, especially in menswear looking at black masculinity definitely um, but yeah that, my end goal is definitely have have my siblings one day in selfish yes <laughs> you can hear me there <laughs> amazing are there any kind of collaborations you would want to do like dream talk um, collaboration that you know, the, the thing, throughout my research, the fact that I always have to communicate with someone, mm. it makes me feel that I'm always collaborating. Yeah. So I always, I've been asked a couple of questions where it's, oh, who do you want to dress? I, I don't want to dress specifically this person. Mm. I just want to get your stories to be able to actually dress you in a way that embraces who you are. Yes. Um, and that's how I feel like I will be collaborating with someone but I think it's just through my research really mm. speaking to those men and really gaining that understanding of who they are and being able to um, translate that through clothing. And if somebody would like to follow along and be ready to look at that website when it comes down, where can they follow you? Uh, on my Instagram definitely, um, Hermosa Quintus, um, the best way, I've got my email there so yes. anyone really wants to collaborate um, to get to know i've got a couple of stylists as well that keep getting pieces so feel free honestly to communicate um i'm more than happy excellent thank you so much for joining us today you're welcome thank you for having me <laughs> um, yeah everybody please do go follow her thanks guys we'll see you in a minute for uh the live photo shoot is actually what we're up to next can't believe it see you in a second This episode of London Runway Style was presented by me, Chief Editor Rhiannon de Verg. You can find full issues as well as interviews, articles, trend reports and more at londonrunway.co.uk and follow us at London Runway Mag on most social media channels. Until next time, enjoy. <laughs>